Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to Surviving My Podcast. A survivor podcast about living with dissociation, anxiety, and PTSD in support of all who have survived the trauma of abuse. Join me as we heal together, raise awareness, and inspire everyone to survive, thrive, and conquer their past. Before we get started, I want to issue a trigger warning and encourage you to be kind to yourself as you listen to Erica discuss dissociative identity disorder and self-harm. If you are triggered, I encourage you to pause the podcast and come back after you're feeling grounded and better. It's always my desire to encourage and validate you in every way as a survivor. And again, be kind to yourself as you listen, and here we go. Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to Surviving My Podcast. My name is Matt. I'm super stoked to have you all here with me again for another episode of the show. If you are a first-time listener, I'm glad you found the uh, the podcast here. I hope you'll find them validating and encouraging both for you and for possibly the survivor in your life. And if you are a returning guest, I'm super glad to have you along with this journey with me. Thanks so much for listening to all the shows. Thanks for the comments, the encouragement, the support, the show ideas. I appreciate them so much. You guys are all amazing. And you really help keep me going as always. So thank you again um, joining me on the show. This is my friend Erica, who I met on Twitter some time ago. And we've been conversing back and forth through email, through Twitter, uh, doing some survivor chats and things. So we've kind of gotten to know each other. And uh, she did a, a guest blog post on surviving my past some time ago. And it's going to be part of the topic of today, which, of course, is talking about dissociative identity disorders. So, Erica, welcome. How are you today? Hey, Matt. Thanks for having us. Uh, doing okay. Doing okay. You know, sleep's always a struggle, but pretty good day all around. Excellent, excellent. Yep. It's been a bit of a long week for me, too, so I can relate. And sleep oftentimes uh, oftentimes uh, eludes me, too. So I feel your pain right there. And, um, you know, we're just going to sit here and chat. We're going to talk about a recent blog post that you and I had discussed that we think would be a great topic. So just to give everybody a bit of a background, if you're not sure or maybe you've not um, connected with Erica uh, online or on her blog, uh, her blog is The We and Me, which you can find at theweandme.com. Just Google it. I'll put it in your address bar. You'll find it. It's an amazing blog where she writes about her life with DID, which, of course, is Dissociative Identity Disorder. She also covers topics like anxiety, which, of course, is something that so many of us um, struggle with on a daily basis, something that I've written about, something that so many of us just try and fight through every day in our survivor journey and in our journey with any of the mental health concerns that we all uh, live with and write about. So without further ado, let's jump right into it here. Um, I guess the big thing that we want to talk about today, Erica, is a recent blog post, our top five self-harm tips and alternatives. I'm interested to get your point of view on this and really kind of validate those who are listening, who struggle with self-harm, those who are considering it, those who live with somebody who you know has self-harm in some way. Maybe to start out with a little bit before we get into the five uh, topics of this post, of your kind of um, inspiration for writing it, like the reason that you put this post out here recently on your site? Well, it's uh, it's something that recently came up in therapy for us. Um, I was only recently diagnosed with dissociative identity disorder. 
uh, a few years ago, but that's still considered pretty early on. But through therapy, we've been, I've just been learning more about my life. And one of the things that would occur before I knew was I would, I just had all these constant blackouts. And one of the instances that I had, I would have a, a what I called a blackout at the time. And when I came back, I had, I would often have injuries that I had no memory of, nothing like that. And one of the parts that was self-harming, uh, we've been working with in therapy. And she thought it was an important topic to discuss because so many people think that, well, no, I would know if my teenager or if my, my child, my friend, my whoever was self-harming. I would absolutely know, except nobody in my life was aware of it. Not one person. Uh, she hit it very well, and I didn't know what was happening, so I didn't. I was told most of my life I was crazy or a sociopath, so I just didn't want people to think they were right. And I never said anything either, but she would cut the palms of my hands and the bottoms of my feet in the lines that naturally exist on the body. And so because of that, it kind of, it was opened up into therapy a couple months now. We've been working with her, but because of that, uh, we wanted to, we wanted to write this and put this out there and give different options and things like that because she, she's a bit different in the reasons that she does self-harm. Uh, causes injury, just whatever, but in the sense that she thinks it's important that people know they don't have to do that, which I know is a bit contradictory because, you know, she's doing it, but, <clears throat> excuse me, she's doing it, but she doesn't want other people to feel that way. So we wanted to put this post out there and then we're going to be uh, doing a follow-up in a few weeks about it and kind of discuss a little bit more detail in some of those things. That's incredible. And before we go any further, for those that perhaps aren't familiar with um, DID, and if you can perhaps kind of clarify, a lot of times people will associate blackouts of, I passed out, now I woke up. But in reality, it could be where um, one of your parts obviously is taking over. And in this case, is that what you're referring to? No, the first one. Uh, what I what I now know it to be is I was dissociating, and I had no idea since I was a very very small child. Um, but uh, Stevie is a 15 year old protector within my system, and when something would occur that was uh, harmful to me, overwhelming, a sort of uh, abuse or like high pressure situation type thing. It varied and it depended on what the situation was. But in some instances, Stevie, the one who self-harmed, she would be the one who would come in and take over. And I would have no idea that this happened. Now, years again, years into therapy, I've, I have told a few friends who have known me for about 20 years now. And makes perfect sense to them they were like it it never before we never could understand what you meant because there were a few people that i told i would always tell i don't remember that but i believe you i've said that my entire life and they they're like you you would act so not like yourself it or it never made sense to us we just thought that you got really angry sometimes or you got 
really anxious or really afraid or like I would just I say I said blackout before because I have years consistent years that are missing in my life and I would have no idea you know 17 years old and all of a sudden I come back there's a birthday party and there's 22 candles on my cake and I'm staring at the cake like trying to figure out what happened that's what I mean by blackout I mean there is complete blanks in my memory for years sometimes hours sometimes weeks getting better now because of therapy but before it was very different I live with um, dissociation as well in a bit of a different way, of course, than what you do. I have dissociative amnesia, which of course is similar in that, you know, there are parts of my childhood, parts of the times when I was growing up that I can't remember. I have no idea about at all. You know, people say, hey, you know, do you remember this, that, and the other thing? And I'm like, no, it's not that I'm trying to be rude or like I, you know, I just forgot because I didn't care. It's literally that, you know, I was dissociating or... You know, there was some type of traumatic event that happened around that time, of course, in addition to what happened when I was a kid that caused those times in my life, you know, time frames, days, weeks, months, years, whatever, to really just yeah. be, be completely gone. So, yeah, I absolutely get it. I absolutely understand what you mean. And our, our situations are similar in that similar. way. So, yeah, yeah, very similar. Absolutely. So let's jump right into this topic here. Our top five self-harm tips and alternatives. And so um, we talked for a little bit about why you wrote it and, you know, uh, the message that, that you're trying to get out and the follow-up post that you'll be doing soon. Um, so the point number one here, find the cause and alter it. So maybe talk a little bit about exactly what you're meaning here. Kind of share in your own words, um, you know, what these paragraphs mean to you. Well, with, with that first point, that um, goes more to the part of me who, one of the parts of me who has struggled with self-injury for some of them do have names for Stevie in particular. Uh, what she means by find the cause and alter it is for her, in large part, the cause was a lack of control. There was nothing in my life that could be controlled, ever, nothing. Throughout the majority of my life, she could control nothing. But what she found comfort in, unfortunately, was that she found she could control the pain. If she wanted to feel something, experience something, she could control the pain. That, as you can imagine with DID, became a little dangerous for us at times. However, I do have other parts who helped her alter the way she turned that. So she turned that around, basically. Um, Instead of slicing open my hands and feet, she began uh, writing lyrics in the lines of my hands, writing lyrics uh, all over my body, holding an ice cube to certain points on her body because ice is one of those things that it's a great, it's a great tool to use in the, in the process of recovery. So she's, she's been doing that now for, for quite a while. Um, And by, so I guess what she, with finding the cause, she means what is your reason you know your reasons you do you may not like them you might belittle them to yourself but that doesn't matter if it's a problem for you it's a problem it's that simple so finding what that is or what those multiple things are that are causing this and then altering it to fit your individual recovery needs 
is what we find very important. Yeah, it it absolutely is very important. And, um, you know, it's an important thing to keep in mind because, you know, obviously the initial um, way that, um, you know, she dealt with it was was to cause you self-harm. But once you were able to explore it and find um, alternative ways, more healthy ways, ways that didn't involve physical harm, you can still get your message out and work through what you're trying to work through, but in, but in a, you know, a less invalidating and obviously not a self-harming way, something you said really hit home. And that was not being able to control anything. I know for me personally, being a survivor of childhood sexual abuse and narcissistic abuse and, you know, survivors everywhere who have been through any type of abuse, most times, you know, we couldn't control so many things in our life. So finding any sense of control is really something that I know so many of us, and of course myself as well, can can definitely relate to. Is you so many things are out of your control that if you can find something, some way, to put things in perspective, to find some meaning to it, to find a way to kind of you know, like literally, as you said, gain gain control of it. It's a very productive thing. Obviously, not in a self harm way, but when you find ways to make it unique, and you know, as you said, writing out song lyrics, very. Um, reassuring it's very validating and it's something that obviously doesn't hurt you but it's something you can definitely learn and use uh let's continue on here your next topic or your next point is point number two which is use your unique artistic outlets and of course you yeah. are somebody who likes to uh, work with the arts photography and I've, I've seen your patreon page which of course we'll get to and let everybody know about that i've seen your artwork it's amazing you know, I Thank myself you. use outlets such as music a lot. That's one of my big sort of um, artistic outlets as well. But talk about what this point means to you exactly. Well, this this particular point is uh, kind of a, a combination of things because of the DID. So some of my other parts would attempt to help the ones who struggled with self-harm in different ways. Um for example, she's a ten and a half year old part. She's very much a child, but she likes illustrations. She likes little silly, fun cartoons and that kind of thing. Um, she likes using watercolors and those types of things, which a lot of people find funny. But it is one hundred percent true. I cannot use watercolor. I cannot. I have never been able to. I have. Those are some of the only art projects I have ever failed in school. I cannot do watercolor. But she can in a pretty wild way. It's amazing. Um, others, they, they, people, people. When you talk about art, they think, "Well, I, I can't do that." No, you might not be able to paint a watercolor, but art is one of those things that's 100% individualized. Like if if you need to draw stick figures on yourself, draw stick figures on yourself. If you want to try splatter paint, try that. Pick up a gallon of paint and just fling it at a wall. That has been very cathartic for some of us. Uh, Stevie, she when she works, she does a lot of sketches. When she works in that way, her her work is 100% like horror themed. Like it's a horror movie on a page. She tends to draw our night terrors in a sense to get them out of my head. Uh, I myself, I like doing silhouettes. I enjoy shadow figures and that kind of that kind of thing. And I typically only paint them, just basic acrylic paint. Uh, I have uh, friends and then uh, another part, and she she uses dancing. 
she she just gets things clears her mind it helps her slow down it helps her focus and it helps her control something she can control what she does from you know 11 a.m to 2 p.m she knows she will be dancing everything will be okay in that moment she gets to forget everything so art is such a personalized thing but art can be really anything that's the beauty of it and finding what it is that works for you is the cool thing i love photography now because of some of my physical health problems i can't hold my camera some days but some of my other parts love photography too and they use that as an outlet they'll manipulate shadows and lighting and just find what works for you and play with it yeah and you know what that's the amazing thing about art is that it really is what you make it there's no right way or wrong way to do something you know exactly. be it you know, be, be it watercolors or, you know, uh, charcoal or pencils or acrylics or whatever, or photography. I think so often we get caught up in this, well, you know, I'm not an artist. I mean, I mean, like literally yeah. my middle son is an amazing artist. I mean, he can draw, he can paint, he, he, he does photography. He does so many things. He does, you know, pottery and works with clay and he does all this Very incredible cool. stuff that like, I mean, like his talent level is through the roof. And that's his thing. And, you know, for me, I have no problem in saying it. And I, and I can laugh about it that he did not get that that gene for me at all. Because, like, I can't even draw stick figures. <laughs> I mean, I, I really can't. And I laugh about it because it's funny. But, and, you know, you mentioned, like, make art what it is that is unique to you, that helps you, that validates you, whether it's stick figures, whether it's dancing, splatter paints, exactly. finger paints, watercolors. Like, it's all as your different parts are able to use different types of artistic expression and they all work right. together. I mean, it's amazing just to see how many different ways that we can use art. And even if we're not necessarily quote unquote talented by somebody's standards or something, the drawing, the writing, the dancing, I mean, it's all just so incredibly helpful. I mean, you make you make such a great point. Thank you. That's, that's one of the things like I, uh, I have another part and she's very mathematical, but sometimes when she gets super anxious, she can't create something. So what she does is she creates different number problems. That's her artistic outlet. Numbers are her artistic outlet. Myself, I tend to think a lot in words, not necessarily pictures like some people. So when I start to feel myself losing it a little bit, I will I will write out the first list of things that comes to my men my my mind, whether it's you know U.S. presidents, uh, U.S. states. Um, the Constitution, I'm not kidding, like different things uh, as far as words go will come into my head, different poems or songs, and I'll just write it down. Because for me, in that moment, I need words to be my artistic outlet before I get lost and somebody else takes over. It's, it, art, can, art can literally be anything. Just find what works for you. It's a thing. You're similar to me in that I use writing, obviously, <laughs> as a major outlet. Um, right. you know, not just for expression, but for coping with life and as a survivor coping with life, you know, and my job and being a parent and everything that comes along with just living in this world. I mean, I write and sometimes I write things that I don't ever publish on my blog or, you know, I'll write out. Oh, just, absolutely. You know, oh my God. Yeah. Or, you know, I'll take a pen and, you know, ever since I was a kid, I've always kind of done this thing. I don't know if you've done this craft at all when you were a kid where like around Christmas time, you'll cut up like pieces of cardboard paper into like little loops and glue them together and make like, you know, decorative, like, uh, like garland and wreaths and that kind of stuff. Oh um, yeah. Like a, like a chain link type. Thing. That's it. Yes. Yes. Chain link stuff. I like a lot of times when I'm kind of fidgety or anxious or something, or just when I'm bored, 
I'll draw this chain link stuff. It, it's so cathartic for me, and it just it makes me relax because I've I can I've been doing that for literally as long as I can remember. You know, like you said about writing out the presidents or the constitution or the states or whatever. It's just unique mm-hmm. in how that we all use some type of artistic expression, some way to get out what we need to get out so we can deal with it and just, you know, understand what it is we're going through. I'm, I'm looking at your blog post right now and I see some of the things that you've done, you know, sketched and whatnot. And it's just incredible. I mean, you really are amazingly mm-hmm. talented and uh, like, I, I love it. So moving on, point number three, refocus, which is easier said than done. Refocusing is something that I have a lot of problems with. You know, sometimes I struggle with it greatly. I know a lot of people do. So talk a little bit about this point. Um, excuse me. With with refocusing, that, and again, this is one of those things that is so personal to the individual. Like all, all mental illnesses are and all recovery is. But with refocusing, you need to kind of, what we mean by that is you need to kind of it goes a little bit back to point one, find the cause and alter it by refocusing. Once you've found the cause, then you can alter it and refocus yourself in those moments. When you start to feel yourself slipping, when that thought pops into your mind, like, you know, I just, I need to find a piece of glass, which is Stevie's go-to tool for self-harm, which we work on now because of this and because of that when she start when we start to feel this we can refocus her attention i i have uh, again dissociated and come back and there were like there was like paper and charcoals and paints all over my floor everywhere but it didn't matter because i didn't have a single cut on me she needed to she needed to get in there and just mess with something really what one of my parts calls it is she likes to make the page hurt instead of herself. So she takes it out on the page and that has helped her refocus those things. It, it, it turns into a mess, but you know what? I'd rather clean up a mess of some, uh, like a few paints, some papers and stuff instead of having to go to an ER and get stitches again. That is so right. And, you know, as you're talking here, you know, going back to finding alternate ways and it's incredible the way that you break it down like that of, when you realize that, you know, you've got stuff all over the floor or a bunch of stuff to clean up, or you've got a bunch of drawings that you have to organize or make sense of, it has to be such a, uh, I guess, maybe like a sigh of relief or some kind of validating feeling to know oh, that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you have to pick up some papers or some charcoals or some pencils or, or crayons or paints or whatever, that takes you five, 10 minutes. It's got to be so encouraging for you every time that happens to know it that. Is. Yeah. Right. I mean, to just know that you're making such great progress in that you are you are refocusing your healing efforts, your validating efforts, understanding what's going on in such a, a way that is not involving self-harm. I mean, I I can just sense how incredible that must be every time it happens. It it really is. You know, the other thing that I I think I should point out is that that occurs within the same day. I have that I don't feel right. I dissociate one of my parts takes over they do something create something try and help stevie in some way so she doesn't self-harm break another glass in our kitchen whatever but then when i come back i can look at the clock and look at like the newspaper or my phone or whatever and see that it's still the same date and only an hour later instead of being months later that is a huge difference for somebody with did that is a massive difference and our, our doctor continuously hammers it into my brain. <laughs> like, no, that's a big piece of it. You're still dissociating, but that 
comes and that changes through through therapy, through recovery and all that sort of thing. But it's only an hour. It was only 20 minutes. It was only two hours. You know, that's a huge difference because when this particular part, Stevie, used to take over, it could very literally be six to ten months to a year before I was ever around again, which is something that I'm finding out now through therapy. But so this is a massive difference. Therapy helps. That's that's the way you got to go with the ID. It's hard. Oh my God! Yeah, that is so incredible. Just listening to that and I can see your therapist just kind of you know really trying to drive this point home of how much progress you're making and how great it is that a half an hour an hour or you know a couple a couple hours goes by rather than weeks or months I mean that is real progress it's evident it's plain like you know right in your face that what you're doing is working and I think so oftentimes you know we struggle especially as survivors I, I can relate to the fact of minimizing progress and even sometimes when people will point out like look how far you've come look at your mindset change look at all the art you're doing look at the the good you're doing the writing you know you know the difference mm-hmm. you're making in people's lives all this stuff that can be hard to embrace even when it's pointed out right in front of us but it's amazing to hear you just really acknowledge and you know embrace that that progress and that that you know the awesome work that you're doing and how it's really paying off like I love it I think it's awesome <laughs> thanks it's a work in progress, but that that piece of it was, I think it was one of those things that sometimes you need somebody else to point it out to you. You know, like, because I, I was aware that it was, for, you know, it's the same day sometimes, but it just never clicked. Like, it's still frustrating. But when she pointed that out, like, I don't know when, I don't remember, honestly, but it was it was just a little while ago. Um, it, it made a difference. It clicked in my mind, like, wow, yeah, no, that, that is true. Like... I haven't lost an entire day in over a year. So that's a massive difference. It's so encouraging and it's empowering. And I hope everybody who's listening um, can really embrace and sense how amazing this is. And, um, you know, also find encouragement if they are living with DID or they are around somebody who does to know that, that there is encouragement and that there is hope and embracing hope is just key. Um, next point. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Incredible. Point number four. It's all about the lists, baby, which I, I, I like this part. So go ahead and let us know what you're thinking here. Cause I, I have some thoughts on this too, when you're done. Okay. <laughs> um, with, <laughs> we, we're silly sometimes, um, <laughs> with, with that, with that piece of it, that just, it's another, there, there tends to be a lot of yin and yang in our writing. So with um, going back to point two, you know, use your your unique your unique artistic outlet. This is number four. So all about those lists, baby, is just that tends to be one of mine and one of my art, you know, quote unquote artistic outlets. I need I need structure sometimes. I need to know where things are at. I need to know what is going to be happening in each moment. And then sometimes I just have a chaotic mess of words in my head. So I just need to get it down on paper before I'm just, you know, stuck or a mess or something. So I just, I I have notebooks full of different types of lists of words. I have read the dictionary cover to cover. I cannot tell you how many times. I just don't know. But like, like A, I have an entire notebook of the letter A. Like, Words that begin with a uh, different pages are only adjectives of a, nouns of a, verbs of a. It's just 
It's just a list and everything on that list makes sense. It's in its place. It's where it's supposed to be. And that helps me in a way see that, okay, some things can have their place. This is consistent. Consistency is one of my biggest struggles because I never had it. We collectively never had it. And then going back to, you know, the, the point of numbers, like math is consistent. So taking those different math problems, there, if you Google um, brain teasers or mathematical uh, problems, uh, arithmetic, if you Google anything to do with math and you click images, there's going to be different sheets and different things like that, that you can literally just take those math problems, put it on a paper and just list them out, uh, listing, you know, presidents, listing states. I've listed fruits and vegetables and body parts and muscles and like muscles of the body, animals, anything that makes sense for you in that moment. And what I, what I take is like, if I'm beginning to dissociate, I, again, I try and find the cause. And once I find that cause, I will take something that like correlates to it and make a list about it and then instead of dissociating i am focusing on these words and definitions and i don't lose time i love what you said right there because i am somebody who who craves structure and i need lists like mm -hmm. when i go to work you know every day i have a list of things in this notepad right 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 by my keyboard on the left side of my workstation in my cube where i write down everything i have to do each day and um you know i check it off as i go that that gives me structure that control yeah that just really helps me stay focused and you know and as you as you brought up about dissociating too it keeps us living in the moment it keeps us present because we're focusing on the list on our on our tasks whatever whatever the list is that, that you're writing keeps your right. brain engaged focused it keeps you from wandering off and dissociating i mean i am with you on that a hundred percent uh um, one one thing that stevie just wanted to point out real quick is that so with with the list like if she she began doing that in addition to like using uh, different types of pens and stuff like that. So I have sensitive skin, so some of the different ink pens will give like a slight burn, which was a step down from cutting herself. You know what I mean? And oh, from there, though, yeah. she would she would write lists on my body. Mm -hmm. So she would write lists of movie titles, musicians, songs. She would take her favorite lyric and lit I had I had dissociated in high school, and I came back with my entire leg, hip to the tops of my toes, covered in song lyrics. But I wasn't reading, so it was just a weird thing to me. I didn't understand what happened, and at that point, I was just blacking out and coming back to weird weird shit, you know? So <laughs> it was just one of those things. But again, I wasn't bleeding when I came back that time, so I was just trying to figure out how the hell that happened. But my point is that she didn't cut there's there's different tiers that you have to follow a lot of people don't like that we talk about this is that you you can get certain like it's not going to harm you it's going to give you that slight burn on your skin and then like using ice or something like that you know but yeah and you know what it's, it's interesting when, when you brought up about the different color pens and stuff i mean i use different yeah. color pens like i write in a teal pen and i cross off in a black pen or a blue pen and that like gives me this really visual aid of, you know, I've crossed something off or, um, you know, on, you know, in my case at work, I can see progress and that gives me structure. And in your case, using different types of pens, plain and simple, it's a win for you. Obviously, you're not being 
um, harmed in the form of cutting and maybe the different types of ink pens, um, you know, it, may, it might burn a little, but it's not anywhere near this, the severity of cutting. And that's just like such great progress. It's such a win. Like there, there's different steps to recovery. There's different steps with addictions and stuff. And you just have to, you have to let the person figure out what that next step down is for them. A lot of people don't like that, but ice is going to burn when you hold it to your skin for 10 minutes. It's going to burn, but it's not, they're not going to have to be hospitalized. There's no chance of their life ending. They're not, you know, they're not bleeding. They don't need stitches. So let them hold ice to their skin if it helps. Jesus. Like, yeah. when people yeah. get uppity about right. that kind of shit, it just, it boggles my mind. Oh, I know. Right. And, and I think that's, it's important too, is like, any step in in the right direction, you know, any good positive step is 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 amazing, and it really helps encourage us, and um, you know, to keep going and know that what we're doing is helping us in in such a great way. Like it's it really is. Um, point number five here on your blog post: um, we can be destructive. Oh man! <laughs> uh-huh. Again, uh, with the with the dissociation, I have come back to all sorts of like wild shit. Um, one, one of those things is that I had, uh, in, in high school, I had, um, you know, like, uh, books and papers and all kinds of old shit on my shelves and that kind of thing. And they were just ripped to shreds, ripped to shreds in a nice, neat little pile in the middle of the floor. They're magazines, whatever, rip it up if it helps you. Rip it up if it helps you. Um... Go outside or go in a well-ventilated area, write, write those lists of words, and then burn the fuck out of them. Like, get rid of it. Like, it's out of your mind now. Burn it, move on. And it's just, that's kind of what we mean by be destructive. We've we've painted, like, larger-scale murals and shit like that, and just, you know, knocked, like, knocked that, that, piece of wall apart don't do that if you're living with your parents (laughs) (laughs) you know or you know if you have a job be prepared to pay for the you know the the new wall it's not cheap but (laughs) one of just one of those things like destroy that instead of destroying yourself destroy what has caused you pain write it down paint it draw it sing about it write those lyrics I don't care what you have to do. Draw it and chalk down your street if you have to. And then spray it with a hose because that is also still destructive. Whatever that means for you, do it. That's what we mean by like recovery is individualized. Whatever that destruction means for you, do that, but not to yourself. And of course, you know, don't hurt other people in the process. And then this last one of be destructive, you know, be constructively destructive, I think is a great way to kind of think about yeah. it. or, you know, right. Um, be destructive in a healthy way where you are, you're writing, you're painting, you're, you're making a list, whatever the hell it is you're doing, write it out and get it out and, you know, don't hold back, then destroy it. And man, I mean, do it as often as you have to. But one of the things I did a long time ago was I went downstairs in the basement of, of an old house that I had lived in. And I took like one of those big um, wiffle ball bats and I, man, I went to town. <laughs> I destroyed yep. everything. I mean, glass, papers, boxes, pictures, oh, yeah. bookshelves. I mean, I, I annihilated this basement. Oh my God, did it feel good? Like, it felt so good. Oh, yeah, it does. 
Oh my god, it, amazing. It feels really freaking good. It is yeah. it is just one of those great things. We wanted to say one last thing here real quick if we got a minute still. Absolutely, sure, go ahead. So after after we had written this one sorry, I'm trying to get some of my parts to step back just a little bit more. <laughs> um we had we had a woman who thanked us for the post. She she sent us a, uh, a DM on Twitter. And she was thanking us because her, her daughter goes through self-harm. And, you know, we, we, all, we will always return messages from people, comments, messages, emails. It doesn't matter. It may take time, but we will. But what, what she had said is that, you know, I'm not sure how to help her. I don't want her to hurt, which you'll find is the case for a lot. I would, I would argue the majority of teenagers. Your parents don't know what to do but they want to help you, you know? So ask them to buy you something. Ask them to buy you like a, a book for 99 cents from the dollar store. Go to an art store and get one of these canvases and stuff like that. Go to an art store and get some nice ink pens and draw on each other. Draw on yourself and then draw on your mother or father. Let them draw on you. That kind of a thing we have found really helpful for uh parents of children who self-harm because it's a lot to do with connection yeah it's going to be really really fucking shitty for a little bit it's going to be hard it's going to be uncomfortable but if you do that together and that that goes to the parents that is something you can do together you will not be able to stop them get that out of your head you can help them though you can help them recover you can't immediately stop them but you can help them recover and this woman, her message just brought that up for us. So we just wanted to bring it up real quick. Yeah, that's wow. What a great, great way to really wrap this up. Your story is incredible. Your blog's incredible. Everything about this post in particular, but of course, all the posts on your blog and the way that you interact on social media. And, and I hope that everybody who listens to this um, just feels validated and to know that there's hope, that there's strategies and things you can do, that healing is real. It's hard work. It's hellishly hard at times, especially early on. But the fact is, reach out and don't give up because you're worth it. So why don't we finish up and you can tell everybody where to find you on social media, on your blog, all that good stuff. Okay. Um, so the the blog is just theweinme.com. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at theweinme. And then what is it that you were talking about? Oh, uh, you were talking about the Patreon page. <laughs> yes, That's, yes. Uh, Patreon dot com backslash the we and me yeah thanks again though man this was fun thanks again for listening to surviving my podcast sponsored by surviving my past.net a blog about my life with dissociation anxiety and ptsd and in support of all who have survived the trauma of abuse this podcast or any resources sponsored by surviving my past.net should not be considered as therapy or professional medical help if you are in crisis, I encourage you to seek out the services of a mental health or physical health professional. I also encourage you to check out online crisis support from sites like rain.org, oneand6.org, and the Samaritans. If you would like to be a guest on a future podcast, just contact me anytime through email, matt at survivingmypast.net, or use the contact forms on the blog. Thank you again for your support and encouragement, and always know that you rock. Talk to you soon.